This is the My Weight What to Know podcast, where we talk to medical experts about the latest research on weight management and how you can apply it to reaching your best weight. We have a wonderful episode for you tonight with weight expert Dr. Sabrina Kwan talking about how building confidence and a sense of self-worth can improve our health. Dr. Kwan, thank you so much for being here with us tonight. Hi, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. So in a recent conversation that you and I had, you said that you feel that the real goal of obesity treatment is building self-esteem and a sense of worthiness. And I have to say that's very different from how many other doctors think about it. Tell us why you feel that way. I think that, you know, when I first see a person coming to me for weight management, one of the things that really needs to be spoken about before we, you know, proceed with any other uh, treatment discussion is the internalized bias that they may be holding with themselves. You know, um, if a person has felt all their life that their struggle was their own fault, um, that's very damaging for self-confidence. You know, I, I think of it as um, if you have been told all your life that there's something that you should be able to do, everybody else seems to be able to do it, but you can't. Um, how hard that is uh, for your self-esteem and your uh, self-image. Uh, so I think releasing the burden of that, you know, self-doubt and uh, guilt um, is really important in sort of opening the doorway to successful treatment um, and successful management. So, yeah, I usually start with that, uh, especially when people bring up something like willpower, uh, where they talk about, well, you know, I just haven't had the willpower. I've, I've tried many times. That's really um, usually for me the gateway to having that discussion and really helping to shed that uh myth uh, so that we can move forward with other other things. So let's talk about willpower. I'd love to hear what you say when someone brings up, you know, if only I had a little more willpower, I could be more successful. Yeah, it's a very common, actually, statement. Um, and I'm actually happy when people bring it up because it gives me the opportunity to have that discussion with them. Um, you know, we know now that there's a lot of physiology biology, hormonal kind of component, genetics, of course, to obesity and weight management. And I think it's really important for people to know that and to know that, yeah, you know, there are some things that are within your control, but there is a lot that really isn't. And that, you know, willpower, although you need to exercise some, is really not the bulk of it. Um, and so what you see as your failure is actually just your body doing its normal thing. I think many people think that, you know, a certain number on the scale or a certain BMI is really the goal of obesity treatment. What do you feel are the limitations of that way of thinking? Yes, the scale. <laughs> I, um, you know, it's really interesting. I have recently, more recently, stopped um, asking as much about weight in my conversations with patients. Um, you know, sometimes um, that would have been the first thing in the visit, you know, so what's your weight recently? Um, I just find that that really isn't the most important thing when it comes to obesity management or weight management. The scale lies. <laughs> I know that sounds very uh, frank, but you know, 
the weight that the scale tells you, you don't actually know what that number is telling you. Your weight is composed of a number of different things and not all of your weight is fat mass. So I think it's important for people to know when you see a loss, you know, is that muscle loss? Is that fluid loss? Is that actual fat mass loss? Um, so the scale is only helpful to a degree. And, you know, really, I think the greater um, goals or, or um, uh, focus of treatment is improvement in health, improvement of quality of life, which often is related to just how do you feel? Are you feeling better? Are you feeling more energetic? Do you feel stronger? I mean, all those things are much more important than what is the number on the scale? What is your BMI calculating out to? I think sometimes people think I will be happier when I've lost weight, right? Um, and the studies actually tell us that, you know, you can have significant weight loss, for example, like after bariatric surgery, um, but your mood and how you feel is what it was before surgery. The weight loss in itself doesn't necessarily change that. For some people it might, there are always exceptions, right? But for the most part, you know, if you, uh, for example, have depression or anxiety before surgery, you have all this weight loss. Unfortunately, you still have depression and anxiety after surgery. So the weight loss in itself does not necessarily change, you know, how you feel that comes from somewhere else. And it's so counterintuitive because I think so many people feel, you know, when I lose weight, then I'll have the confidence that I'm looking for, then I'll feel worthy. And, and really when that doesn't happen, I think that even leads to more depression and anxiety. Yes. I see a lot of, you know, obesity as a vicious cycle, you know, once it starts, wherever it starts, because everybody's story is slightly different in terms of what the triggers were, uh, when it started in their life, but wherever it starts, it sort of becomes like this, you know, um, loss of confidence leading to further weight gain, leading to further loss of confidence. And it sort of just kind of snowballs from there. So part of what I see as my job is, you know, stopping that vicious cycle and starting to turn it back and get it going in the other direction. So how have you seen the people that you work with change as they've received treatment for obesity or excess weight? I mean, that is honestly one of the most fulfilling parts of my job is just seeing, um, you know, someone that comes initially and they are closed off, I would say, you know, they're tired, they're in pain, possibly, they're um, ashamed, right? Um, just a lot of sort of, unfortunately, sort of negativity, right? Um, and then seeing as we, you know, manage things and we delve into what are some of the uh, factors here, um, and they get that support, um, you just kind of see them open up. It's almost, you know, it sounds a bit cheesy, but it's almost like watching, you know, a flower bloom. And then you really see the potential of who that person can be, not closed off, but open and, uh, you know, happy is maybe a too strong a word, but, you know, um, just more comfortable in themselves, I would say, and feeling like they can really put their best foot forward. Dr. Kwan, you've said that having more confidence makes behavioral changes easier. And I think a lot of people assume that it works the other way around. Like if I can make some changes and lose weight, then I'll have more confidence. Why does feeling worthy now help us make the changes we want to implement in our lives? 
I do believe that oftentimes it starts with the person that they are approaching for help, although it can start with the individual themselves, but sometimes it's just having that core um, belief that you can do something. You know, it's that idea of like, I think I can versus I think I can't. You know, when you start with, I think I can't, then it's almost like a foregone conclusion that, you know, it's doesn't work out and then that vicious cycle keeps going, right? So I think, you know, if they start from a place of confidence, which sometimes, you know, as a practitioner would be me just telling them, this isn't on you, you know, I can help you. This doesn't need to be your burden that you carry by yourself. Just even having that sort of release um, really helps to pave the way for them to start making some changes and feel confident in those changes, feel supported in those changes. And then you're kind of getting that positive cycle happening and getting out of the vicious cycle. So what I hear you saying is having a doctor or a healthcare professional who says, hey, listen, you know, I know you've struggled up until now. That is not because you failed. That's not because you haven't worked hard enough. That's the biology of your body fighting against weight loss. That that realization alone is enough to make someone feel like, okay, you know, this is someone who gets me. We're going to figure this out together. And I'm going to be, you know, not working against my biology. I'm, I'm going to be trying to figure it out with someone. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's, you know, like someone, you know, telling you legitimizing your struggle. Um, like I mentioned earlier, anything that you may have struggled with where everybody else can do it and you can't, you know, at some point, sometimes it becomes that internalized bias where you think, well, maybe there is really something wrong with me. Like, why is everybody else able to do it? But I can't seem to do it. So I think getting rid of that sort of negative impression to begin with really does open the door to, okay, where can we go from here in a positive manner that we're going to see progress and, um, and see that confidence be returned, essentially. So what would you say is the role of self-compassion when it comes to making changes to be healthier? Oh, huge. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. You know, the thing is this, the, the making changes is not easy, right? Um, and the inevitability is that there will be obstacles, there will be barriers. And you, when those happen, in order to actually work through them and get past them, you do need to um, give yourself some leeway. And if you end up, you know, what often happens for a lot of people is they end up, you know, feeling guilty, beating themselves up about it. And that's really counterproductive, right? You want to put your energy towards getting to where you want to go. And that sort of negative, um, self-talk that tends to happen, which is normal. It's very common. Um, it just really takes away from the energy that you could be putting into mewing forward, right? So I think having that self-compassion, recognizing there's going to be struggle and I can make it through. This isn't about doing everything perfectly, right? I think that's a big thing for, for people is if I can't do it perfectly, then there's no point in doing it at all. Um, can kind of beyond that and recognizing, no, you know, really success happens with repeated trying. And it's the moment that you give up that you won't find your, you won't reach your kind of goals that you've set, right? So yeah, in order to do that, though, you, you need to be able to 
understand yourself and kind of give yourself some understanding and, um, and get past those barriers slowly. So what would you say to someone who says, you know, like, I just don't even know where to start with being kind to myself. Like what's a, a good first step? I think a big part of it is just recognizing that everybody, you know, you, people around you, everybody is human. And I think part of the human uh, existence is not being perfect, unfortunately, right? Um, and so allowing yourself the recognition that when you fail, fail, you know, that this is normal. A lot of these things that we experience, you know, is actually like a normal part of life. And there, again, there is no real advantage to, um, you know, self criticizing or getting down on yourself. You just tell yourself like, oh, I'm experiencing life as it is meant to be experienced. So you've said that weight bias is the biggest challenge in the obesity field. Tell us why that is. Weight bias is quite pervasive. Um, I think you will really find it everywhere. Um, it's on every level. So the healthcare system, healthcare professionals on a governmental level, um, just general society. Um, you know, I think we have quite a ways to go in recognizing this discrimination. Um, you know, I've, said to colleagues, I felt that weight, obesity is maybe one of the last conditions, uh, human differences, I guess you could say, that is still acceptable to critique socially. Um, you know, we're making some headway for sure, but uh, in other contexts, like um, you could not openly speak negatively about uh, race, uh, gender, um, you know, sexuality, um, you know, el elders, children, everybody, uh, every group, minorities, every group has, there's become an understanding of their right to respect. And I feel like with weight, we're behind on that. Um, you know, it's still sort of okay to make comments and you won't have someone say like, that's not okay. You can't say that, you know, openly. Um, so hopefully we will get there, but, um, it's everywhere, you know, and I, I think it's, we've got a lot of work to do to, um, bringing the proper respect to those individuals that live with excess weight. So do you notice that people who involve their family are more successful with weight management? I would say yes, depending on how their family is involved. <laughs> so um, it's again about support and feeling cared for to some degree, right? Like when the family is involved in a positive manner where they are understanding of what the individual is trying to achieve and uh, actually helps them in that regard. I think that is also, uh, for the individual, it's a way of showing like you're loved, you're cared for. We care about what's happening to you, what you want, what your desires are in life. Right. And I think that makes a huge difference. Um, and of course it makes a difference on a more basic level where you're not, uh, finding that 
you're being sabotaged by family members or, um, you know, that isn't an extra barrier to what you're trying to do. Um, so yeah, absolutely. I think people who have family members that are supportive, um, they do well that that extra support makes a difference. So as an obesity medicine physician, what does a patient's time with you generally look like kind of from the beginning to, you know, over the months, like how will your relationship ebb and flow? Everybody's journey looks a little bit different. That for sure, I will say. Um, it really depends on the person where they want to take their treatment. I don't, I, I don't see myself as someone that is driving the management. So when I meet with someone, I think the most important thing is actually creating a rapport, creating an understanding, and for me to come to an understanding of where this person is at and what they want. Um, and yeah, then from there, it just, you know, I kind of take whatever they give me. So every visit is sort of, how have things been since the last visit? Tell me what's been going on. Um, and, you know, I have suggestions of what, you know, we might do or, but really it's up to the person to decide you know, what it is that they're comfortable with, what it is that their life circumstances allow for at that time. Um, and that's going to be very different from person to person. So um, I think it's important as a practitioner to, you know, respect that everyone's journey is slightly different, that everyone's pace is different, everyone's needs are different, and just sort of matching that to the individual in front of you, um, as opposed to, well, this is where we need to get, and I'm going to get you there. <laughs> I think that, yeah, doesn't, at least for me, that doesn't work out as well. Can, so can you share a story of a person who worked with you and had that experience of building confidence and a sense of self-worth and ultimately better health? You know, I don't have a specific, uh, person that I could speak about, but I've seen patterns, um, and one of the patterns that I really like seeing is the individual who starts in the process and everybody else is more important than they are. Um, and so a lot of their time and energy is spent catering to others in their life. Um, and I think one of the most gratifying, again, one of those gratifying things is um, seeing that person recognize that their health and their uh, needs are also important and um, seeing them actually set some boundaries. Um, and it's very empowering for them. And I think that also brings them, again, that confidence um, to say, you know what, I actually really need to do this for myself. And for some of them, it's also the realization that, you know, if I don't do this for myself, I'm actually not as useful or helpful or able to help others. Um, I mean, that for me, that's not the realization the, the, the more meaningful realization, the more meaningful realization really is I'm important, you know, taking time for myself or caring for myself is important and other people need to respect that. So Dr. Kwan, we know that there are people who say that they really want to lose weight, 
but they're not actively trying to do so right now. So for someone who may feel discouraged by all the times they've tried to lose weight in the past, what would you want them to know? How are things different now? I think the first thing that I would want that person to know is that what they have experienced in the past is completely normal, that they are not alone in that struggle. It's not like they're the only person that has ever had that experience, um, that what's happened with them is, again, like part of the normal body functions. And then from there, I think I would want them to know that it is worth uh, continuing to try with the right sort of mindset or my, right support, um, that it's not all for naught. You know, there's no, um, it's not like you need to give up um, and that there is really benefit in not giving up. Um, things are different now. I think that's a very, actually a very important conversation that needs to be had uh, at the primary care level sometimes. Um, because I think a lot of patients will not bring the subject up uh, for a number of reasons, guilt, shame, internalized bias, but also because they don't know that something has changed now. Um, they just think, well, I'm going to be given the same advice. I'm going to be told, you know, that I just need to clean up my lifestyle and work on my willpower. Um, and so from the physician perspective, I think when you open the conversation, it is maybe important to say, you know what, we've had some, you know, progress in terms of understanding weight management, and it's not what it used to be. Um, and that might pique, you know, the patient's or the person's interest to get, oh, okay, we're going to have a different conversation this time. Um, and, and that might also help to open up things to, you know, a different pattern, a different uh, result as well. So how can reaching a healthier weight now possibly prevent health issues in the future? Kind of like, why is it worth it to keep trying? Well, one of the things that we see for sure is that as weight increases, um, you do see more and more weight-related other medical conditions developing. You know, some of the common ones that we would be familiar with would be things like diabetes, high blood pressure, uh, osteoarthritis. So it's important to try and manage weight early if you can, um, so that you don't find um, that you are running into these other medical issues. The other maybe important point is, you know, once your body has gained weight, it isn't as many people have seen, it's very difficult to actually get it back down. And so those individuals who think, oh, well, it's okay, I'll just, I've gained this weight, but I'll just lose it later. Um, that, you know, your body isn't set up that way. And so that really doesn't happen as much as you would like it to. So you do want to be careful that, you know, you don't just allow it to go up thinking, oh, I'll just bring it back down. Um, there's, you know, statistics around that. Uh, and unfortunately the statistics aren't, you know, if you gain 30%, you can just lose 30% easily afterwards. So last question for you, Dr. Kwan, what is the number one thing you wish everyone knew about weight loss? The number one thing that I wish people would keep in mind is that your weight is a reflection of other things going on in your life. So when people really focus on the weight 
and you know uh, try and treat the weight it tends not to work out because you're not really looking at the root issues the weight is a downstream kind of effect or symptom and the other things that you want to be looking at are upstream and when you address things upstream so this could be mental health this could be um, other medical conditions maybe it's medications you know there are a number of other uh, triggers or factors that contribute when you address those things and focus your energy there then as a side effect the weight will change um, so I think a lot of people are kind of uh, misguided in really putting all of their focus on the actual number on the scale and weighing themselves and I mean not to say there's anything wrong with that uh, like weighing yourself there's nothing wrong with that but I do think that you know if you put your effort into really identifying what is driving this you know what are the factors in my situation that are driving my weight um, that you're more likely to get success long-term in seeing weight management um, by doing that than sort of focusing on the actual weight itself. Dr. Kwan, thank you so much for joining us tonight. This has been such an inspiring conversation. Thank you for having me. It's been my pleasure. We will be back to you with a new episode in a few weeks. Until then, please stay safe and take good care. Good night. This podcast episode was sponsored by Novo Nordisk Canada. It was created independently by My Weight What to Know with no influence from Novo Nordisk.